podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Hello and welcome to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow, and of course, Ricky Sachs of The Last Word on Spurs and Jamie Brown of The Daily Hotspur. And of course, you, the listener. Yeah, hello there, guys. Welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We've obviously got Johnny, Jamie here. Can I just firstly say a massive thank you to all of our listeners. Incredibly, Last Word on Spurs was in the top 15 top sports podcast in the UK for our most recent show with Lyle Thomas which we did the transfer special it's Jamie's and myself for Jason's worst nightmare tonight because he's got us both for an hour talking a lot of transfers <laughs> opening day Premier League fixtures so Jason hope you're listening I bet he's looking forward to this next hour I'm sure he is. We will, of course, be coming on to Tottenham's transfer plan for the summer. But, of course, the Premier League fixture lists have been released. You're going to begin the 2019-20 Premier League season at home to Aston Villa. Looks fairly reasonable on the face of it. Yeah, I think I think it's a nice start. Home, home fixture, so that's going to be great in the new stadium. Um, obviously after that gets a bit more tricky with um, having to go to Manchester City and, and then Arsenal just a couple of games after that so yeah relatively tough start but um, overall I'm quite pleased with how they've kind of panned out I know it would probably change a bit over, over the season with um, games being moved for TV and stuff but I think it's there's no like really nasty runs and, and that's something that I would be wanting to avoid and, and looks like we have avoided it's nice to get a home fixture. I mean, like I say, the uh, the stat out there is crazy. This follows eight successive seasons with an away match for Spurs to finally start their Premier League campaign mm. at home. A brand new home still, so it's nice to get a home game. In Villa, to be fair to them, they'll be up for it. You know, back in the Premier League, I think it'll be a really, really interesting game. Mm. Open one, and hopefully we've got some uh, signings to be on show <laughs> for that opening day. Does it make a big difference to the fans starting the season at home? A good question. I mean, I think because we've waited so long for it, I mean, I say now ninth season, I mean, it'll be lovely to start the new season at home. Hopefully mm. we get off with a win. I mean, the most important thing in the early stage of the season is to keep momentum and, you know, to make sure you don't drop points early. And Tottenham have got a great opportunity, you know. I don't think you can ask for any more. Being at home against a newly promoted mm. side, it's a great opportunity for Spurs to get off the season the right way. Yeah, exactly. And and being in that new stadium for the, for the whole season... I think we saw it did give us a lift um, in certainly the Champions League. Maybe it dropped off a bit. I think that that was probably to do with us prioritising some of the Champions League games. Obviously, we dropped points against West Ham um, and Everton. So I think maybe that was to do with us looking at the Champions League. But as we saw, when we were fully concentrating on on being in the new stadium and and fully focused on the games in its palace, we were fantastic. So I think that the new stadium is going to give us a massive list this season. And, And as you said, I think it's great that we can start with them a pretty decent fixture. Obviously, on paper, a newly promoted side is quite a nice first opponent, but Villa were potent in the championship. They've got a fantastic midfield with John McGinn and Jack Grealish. They're being linked with some quite expensive transfer business as well. Might they be a potential banana skin? I mean, this is the thing. Villa will come and, you know, for them, they're not really expected to get a result. So they can come, enjoy the game, and, you know, anything can happen in football. You can't ever sit there and say, you know, that's a cast iron three points. But for Tottenham, I don't think you could ask more than, you know, the opportunity to start at home in front of, you know, what will be a buoyant crowd. And like Jay said, we did have a dip off towards the end of last season at the new stadium. But 
I think hopefully this will be different. You know, mm. we can't forget that Tottenham's home record in the last season of White Hart Lane to go yeah. unbeaten. If Tottenham want to make that place a fortress, then this is a great opportunity to start that. And, you know, mm. what will be interesting, and we're going to come on to it later in the show, is that we're going to see by Tottenham's summer business their intent. Yeah. Do Spurs yeah. want to be a top four team in terms of competing for the top four? Or do they genuinely believe they can challenge the likes of Liverpool and Manchester City for the title next season? Mm. I think uh, certainly our summer business, hopefully that can get put us on a high going into this first game. I certainly think if we do show ambition and, and target some of the players that we have been linked with, I think that that could give us a massive boost ahead of this game. If Spurs had the perfect window, and as you say, Ricky, we'll come on to some of those names, but let's say you do get Ndombele, Lachelso, Maxi Gomez and Ryan Sessegnon, where could you finish? Oh, I think there's there's two extremely strong teams. I mean, for them to both amass over 95 points um, was just show you how brilliant they are. And I'm sure Liverpool are going to strengthen, as will Man City. So they're going to both get better. But, I mean, look, we, we certainly showed our potential and, and we reached the Champions League final with a, with a squad that was certainly depleted. So if we can add to that, I think we've got every chance of, of being up there. I think it's going to take us maybe a few years to adjust to maybe Pochettino now starting this new project at Spurs and I think that that might take one or two years to really get to where he wants it to be but I think that, that certainly this year we can we can really reduce the gap on them. I agree with Jay, I think he's spot on. I, I think whilst we mentioned a lot of attacking players, Spurs still need to out the defence. You know, we conceded far too many goals mm. last season so the area of right back will still be a concern. We need to sort out the future of, you know, Toby Adebayo, if he's going to be here, to Spurs mm. look at the potential of bringing another centre-back. So whilst there's obviously been great links to the attacking flair of Tottenham, what they want to do in that area, defensively, they'll still need to look at that situation. Mm. And those first four games of Tottenham, they could go well. If they go badly, you're in a bit of a sticky spot. You've got both Man City and Arsenal in your first four. Is there mm. a potential to drop points early? Are we looking at mid-table teams at Arsenal? Or... <laughs> no, I mean, listen, it's, 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 you could have an easier, an easier run. In this, it's, it, that's the nature. You got to play everyone, so you can't be too, mm. you know, downbeat about the fixtures. I think, to be fair, the eight of them, the first eight, you know, Villa at home, yeah. City away, Newcastle at home, Arsenal away, Palace at home, Leicester away, Southampton at home, Brighton away. I mean, there is. I've seen worst starts to the Premier League fixtures. Mm. I mean, Arsenal isn't that kind for them, to be honest. So. No. As I said, you've got to play everyone twice. It doesn't matter the order they come in. A lot of the games are going to be subject to change. What I will say is I think Tottenham's Champions League, well, the games after Champions League, I think we've got four away games after group stage games. So that's where Spurs will need to be very much at the very top of it to get results. Yeah, mm. um, and I think after that, they've got a relatively nice run. I mean, you look at Crystal Palace at home, Leicester away. I mean, maybe that's a slightly trickier fixture. Southampton at home and Brighton. So mm. I think there's some there's a decent run of games after that. And as I said, I think it was it's really important that we have avoided having a, a real sticky patch. Is so like Because I think when before we've had to face the likes of Chelsea, West Ham and Arsenal um, in quick succession. But we don't really have anything too, too like difficult like that this year so I think that's good that we avoided something like that yeah it could always of course be worse one thing that wasn't perfect for Tottenham this season was the form against their top six rivals and four of those are going to be played first away from home does that make it harder or actually if Spurs are in a good spot at Christmas does it put them in a rather potent position don't go anywhere this is love sport 
It's all well and good spanking the Premier League's resident whipping boys. But if you're going to win things, you've got to beat the big sides. And when you look at Spurs' fixture list, do you think they're in a good position to do that? Well, you mentioned the point before the break, Johnny, about the fact Spurs are going to be playing the away games first against the top six. And I think for Tottenham, you know, we've always, we've not been a great team no, on the travels against no. the top six, Jay, have we, to be fair? So that's going to, need to change this season if Tottenham genuinely see themselves mm. being in a title race. And we can't forget, you know, Man City have accumulated 198 points mm. over two seasons. So I'm not sitting here and saying that, you know, Spurs, you know, are going to go and win the league. But in order to sustain a challenge for it, you do have to go and get results yeah. against the top six, you know, to be in with a shout. Jake. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. I think that hopefully this year we can kind of go out and show some ambition over the summer and real, make some, in, um, some real statements in, in terms of who we bring in. Um, I think the likes of Dombele would be massive statement and showing that the rest of these top six sides that we really mean business and that, that we're a side that, that wants to be up there in the mix in, in terms of competing for the title. So, yeah, I think it's all about um, the ambition that we do show this summer in, in how we're going to um, worry these these big teams. Do you think that it's something that Spurs have a problem with in terms of facing the big, big boys? Why don't you get more points against them? I would want to say, though, to be fair on that point, you know, we have got results in the past at Stamford mm. Bridge. Yeah. You know, Old Trafford, we've done it. I mean, Arsenal, we've won the way there in the, in the Carabao Cup last mm. season. I think it's getting better. And it yeah. does come down to the point. I know we're bringing it in so early. And Jason, if he's listening, is already screaming because <laughs> we're bringing in players. But I think it depends on the kind of players you're bringing in, those winning mentality yeah. players. And we've spoke a lot on this show about Spurs needing to bring in maybe players that have been there, done it, that have got over mm. the line. And I think... In order to get results against the top top sides, you have to have players in that dressing room that yeah. ultimately believe they can go and get go and get a result against the big side, mm. you know. And for Spurs to really, as I said, sustain a challenge next season, they are going to have to improve a lot on the away form and defensively. You know, a lot of the goals we conceded last season was individual errors. And Jay, how many times on this show last season did we have to yeah. sit here and watch and go through so many of them? Yeah, I think for me, I think that going away to these top sides, I think it's maybe a mental issue in terms of whether we actually believe the players believe that, that they can go and get results here. And um, I think over time, as Pochettino has been here, there's been many mental me- mental barriers that he's had to overcome. Um, and I think that this is one of them. And um, Certainly our Champions League campaign, we went away and won at Dortmund and Ajax and we got the result that we needed at Manchester City. So it shows that we can go to these top sides and beat them and hopefully um, you know, getting those results will have given us confidence. But for me, I do believe it is a men- it's kind of a mental barrier that maybe we, we have struggled to overcome. But as I said, hopefully with our Champions League um, achievements this season, we can um, move on from that. Is one potential positive for Spurs, not just that you might be getting stronger, but that teams around you might be getting weaker? Chelsea have let Aiden Hazard go to Real Madrid. They could have a transfer ban. Mm. Might we be looking at a top five? Great question. Well, I mean, I look, yeah. I look at uh, look at Chelsea, and I'm, I'm absolutely baffled as why they're getting rid of Mauricio Sarri when when. Uh, Frank Lampard seems to be the guy they want to bring in. Just doesn't, for me, I just don't think Frank Lampard has the experience. So I'd more than happy if he does come in. And then, of course, I look around their team and then I'm, I'm struggling to see the actual quality there is now. Agree, so, I mean, they're so reliant, on not they, on Hazard? They were so reliant on him for the last two or three seasons. So they're losing a, a great player there. Obviously, Pulisic is a player that we know very well. Spurs have been after him for so many summers. It will be interesting to see how he comes in and does he hit the ground running because mm. Chelsea are going to need him to. So... Mm. You know, I, I still look at last season and 
I don't quite know how we finished below them, Jay. You know when you look and you think, yeah, how did we, you know, we were above them I for know. such a long time, Spurs, and Chelsea were always on the periphery. I mean, they were around us, don't get me wrong. Mm. But, I mean, it was such a weird, weird season. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think a lot of the lot of last season, there was so much drop-off, and I think that that's because um, you look at Chelsea and, our, and, and Arsenal and, and ourselves, you know, we were going in Europe and, and maybe their priorities were kind of lying elsewhere. I think that that was kind of the reason behind the, these teams dipping in form. Um, and, and yeah, I think that that's probably what, what caused the just how absurd it was in, in terms of the last few games in the race for the top four in every team, seeming to slip up. Are Spurs the third best team in England? Yes, yes. I, I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about uh, yeah. that at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you look at the, the other three clubs, they kind of seem to be in a bit of a mess at the moment. Manchester United, I'm, I'm not convinced Barley gone to Solskjaer at all. I mean, he had that lift, but that I, kind of seemed to I don't you think, Jay, I think if he loses, you know, say his, yeah. his first couple of games, yeah. there'll be extreme pressure yeah, already. Sure. I know he's got obviously the fans on his side because he's a legend there, don't get me wrong, but if they don't make a good start on the back of the way they yeah. ended last season, it'll be under a lot of pressure. They've, they've got a lot of recruitment to do this summer and it just doesn't... It seems to still be a bit of a mess there at Manchester United. They seem to be trying to get ex-players in to, to come and um, sort this transfer business out, but it just doesn't seem to be working. And then, of course, you, you, there's Chelsea. I've just given my opinion on them. And Arsenal. So I think that we are probably the third best team in England at the moment. And best equipped, I reckon, to challenge the top two. If yeah, the, if the sure. right signings are made, of course. Mm, I think... One obvious approach that United are taking to this transfer window mm. is signing young players. Mm. They're going for Aaron Wambasaka. They've already signed Dan James from Swansea. Obviously, these are not guys who are going to come in and set the world on fire immediately. But do you feel a bit envious? Would you like to see Tottenham going and buying up European football's young gems? I feel envious about Wan-Bissaka. I mean, he's, he's, yeah. he's a great player. Yeah. And I think for t- in Tottenham's team, he would be phenomenal. I mean, having him mm. bursting down the flank, he'd be a great signing. I can only assume yeah. Spurs aren't in for him because they don't generally believe they can, they yeah. can sign him. I think, well, I mean, Dombele is certainly a top young talent mm. around Europe that we seem to be after. Um, I, I think that Spurs now need maybe one or two or, or maybe even three those top level players now to take us to the to the next level and that's kind of the the tier player that we're targeting and, and there may be there are some other younger players that we are targeting Ryan Sessegnon and, and Jack Clark are two guys as well so yeah I mean Jason always talks about it and I have to make this point that I think what Spurs need to do this summer what they haven't done previously is go out and be a top top team mm. to a top player you know yeah. Undenbele as we know, there's a lot of interest in him from Man United, from when Juventus. You, when you say a top team, do you mean beat a top English team to send a psychological I, yeah, message? Yeah, or, Johnny, so yeah, yeah. beating Juve beating wouldn't Ju- be the same? Um, for me, it wouldn't be. I want to see Spurs go out there and maybe have to compete with the likes of a mm. Man City and Liverpool. And the player prefer to use, well, the players prefer to pick Tottenham because of the opportunity to work under Maurizio. I think he's a mm. massive pull for any player. You know, you look at the way he always gets players into their international teams. You have to see the, se- the scenes of last season. You know, yeah. Some of the games we won and the, the joy amongst that dressing room, playing for the manager. I mean, it yeah. is a very much together squad. And sometimes mm. for a player, they want to feel that. They want to be part of that. You know, it's not just all about the money. I think a lot of players out there will look at 
the opportunity to play under Maurizio Pochettino and they want that. Yeah, I do believe this is now the time to capitalise for Spurs. Of course, just had the hype of being in a Champions League final, so it shows where we're capable of going. Um, and then, of course, all the all the other factors around it, the, the new stadium, that's going to be such a massive pull for, for players to go and look at it and, and think, I want to play there. And then, of course, the, the fantastic training facilities. You know, players are going to want to spend time there. And, and I think that that's going to... And, and then, of course, the manager. Um, you know, Don Bele is going to look at, or, or, or whoever these younger players are going to look at, at what Pochettino has done in the past and think, wow, that's, that's something I want to be a part of. And... Um, yeah, I think that there's, this is the summer that Spurs have to capitalise. The key is to not make last season a one-off in terms of that Champions League final. No. What Spurs want to be is regularly competing in the latter stages of that and also potentially challenging for the title. Mm. That's what Tottenham need to decide but, what yeah. they want to be this summer. Do they want to be a top four team or do they genuinely believe that they can challenge the likes of Liverpool Man City for the Premier League next season and again... Give it a good go in the Champions League and get to the latter stages and see where it takes us. Well, it's just about copying Liverpool and what they did last year. I mean, as we said before the show, you know, they went, out, they lost the Champions League final straight away, went out and signed Fabinho. And it's it's doing Statement something intent, like Janet. that. It's Statement exactly intent. like that. It's building upon that and, and look how well they've capitalised. So, yeah, something similar, please. Of course, in the last 10 years, please, uh, in the last 10 <laughs> years, Spurs have well and truly established themselves as a top four side. You've broken into that setup. Could we see the reverse happen with the likes of United and Chelsea? These are massive clubs, but could they slip out of the elite for 10 years more? Potentially. I mean, I want to say Spurs need to focus on themselves. That's the key. You know, yeah. We need to do, make sure we take care of our own business. And I don't think we can rely on other teams to fall away to be giving us the no. opportunity and the platform to move forward. I think, as me and Jay, I'm sure we're going to come on to, you know, this summer is massive for Tottenham. And the funny thing is, yeah. you know, Pochettino, we haven't heard anything in the last 10, 11 days since the final. We don't know, really know where his future's at. Mm. Obviously, we hope he's committed to the club. We hope he's willing to go again. But this is a man that's going to come up to his sixth season in charge. Yeah. Yeah. So he has to feel the energy, the desire, that he, you know, the project for him. It's a rebuilding job now. He's called it painful in terms of having now to adjust the squad, what he's going to have to do. What every fan wants yeah. to hear their manager call his job. <laughs> Agonising. I think, I think he understands that, you know, it's run its course with yeah. this set of players now. Yeah. And it is now time to what, Jamie, you put it so well, you know, Tottenham 2.0, yeah. you call it, yeah. where it now needs to be a rejuvenation. Yeah. What's the next project that Maurizio is going to be doing now? He's, like you said, Johnny, he's got us as a, an established top four team. Now, where do we want to go as a football mm. club? Where do the board want to go? And you know, both of those components, they have to be in alignment for the club to move forward. Mm. Mm. It's, it's about focusing on ourselves. I think you nailed it. It's, um, we, we don't want the gap to be increased between ourselves and Liverpool and, and Manchester City. And there's certainly a, a worry about doing that. We no longer want to be just a top four side now. We're, we're done with, we are done with that now. Mm. We want to be a side that is challenging for the league title. And, and that, that means going out and showing real ambition as I'm sure we'll keep saying this, this show. And of course, that ambition needs to be shown in the transfer market. A massive part of moving the club forward involves bringing in the right men to do just that. Coming up, who are they? This is Love Sport. This is the Spurs Fan Show with me, Johnny Burrow and Ricky Sachs. 
and Jamie Brown of the last word on Spurs and the Daily Hotspur, respectively. And I'm sure that some of our listeners have been watching Love Island. And as part of my research for this show, (laughs) I like to keep an eye on the Twitter accounts of my excellent co-host just to make sure that my finger's on the Tottenham pulse. And Ricky Sachs tweeted something earlier this week which reminded me of Love Island just immensely. (laughs) Something we hear them say on the show a lot is, every time I see her, she just becomes more beautiful. And Ricky tweeted a video of Tongi and Dombele just running midfield going... The more I see of this man, the more I am convinced he is the player to take Tottenham forward. He is quite something. Ricky, are he you is. in love? Well, I'm in love. I just hope he steps forward for us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm, that's my worry. I'm looking at him from a distance. He looks absolutely stunning. Uh, I mean, how can you not? I, mean, I know you shouldn't get carried away by, by you know, highlight no. reels. And uh, we're being shouted down on Twitter. You know, it's funny. I see the last word of Spurs replies to that saying, calm down. It's not a done deal yet. Of course, it's not a done deal yet. It's a long way to go. Fabulous player, and you know Lee talks about game changers. Well, this guy, he would be a game changer mm. for Tottenham in midfield. You know, we were lucky to have Moussa Dembélé for six and a half seasons, and don't get me wrong, Moussa was a fine player on his day. You know, he'd be one of the best in Europe. But Dembélé has got the potential, I think, to be even better. I, I do genuinely believe that he's a great player, got a great eye for a pass, the way he bursts forward from midfield. He's got goals in his game. I mean, Jay. Yeah, he would be. You know, it would be a wonderful signing, wouldn't he? Yeah, so. I mean, I think he, a lot of someone that I've said is that he's a similar player to Moussa Dembele, but in terms he's he's more more productive. I think an issue that Dembele had is that he didn't really contribute to enough goals and assists. I think Dembele, um, I think his stats are, are really good with with his assists. He's certainly got one of the highest um, for a central midfielder in Europe in terms of assists. So. Um, I, th- I think it'd just be a fantastic signing. And of course, we we spoke earlier about um, people competing, um, and um, and and obviously we're competing with the likes of Manchester United, Juventus. So to be able to win a win a race like that um, for for a player like that, I think that would be a massive statement from Spurs if we can get it done. And the striking thing, and I say this as a neutral, is that it's really looking like Spurs are going to win that race. When you were first being heavily linked with Ndombele, (laughs) Mm. Juve were heavily linked, United were heavily linked, there were whispers of Manchester City. Those other names are slowly dropping out of contention Mm. and the one name that remains is Tottenham Hotspur. Could it happen? I just hope, Johnny, when people listen to this show that that is still the the case. (laughs) I mean, transfers change all the time, don't get me wrong, and as I said, I think we're all very clear. He'd be a wonderful signing. Mm. And I, I want to believe that the pull of playing, as we've said, for Maurizio is one of the biggest things for him. You know, a planet's going to develop him even further, playing alongside great players. And, mm. you know, he would be. You know, Harry Kane, the service he'd give Harry as well. Yeah. Well, there he? you go. I mean, look, and I think a lot of the reports are saying that he, he's attracted to Spurs because of Pochettino. And that just shows you how just how important it is to, to get someone in like that. And Pochettino, and, and the reports are also saying that Pochettino... This is number one target, and 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 obviously that would go such a long way to show our ambition to to Pochettino that this we're we'll being serious this season. Absolutely, we got a caller on the line. Josh is calling from Hertfordshire, wants to talk about Ndombele. Good evening, Josh. Would you have him at Spurs? Oh, I want him so badly, honestly. <laughs> I tell you what, two two transfer windows are not signing anyone. This should be, you know, it'd be the best of the best. It's a statement signing. He's twenty two years old. He's known by. Most of the big clubs in the world, mm. um, you know, they've wanted him. And if we can pull it through, be the most unbelievable signing. Mm. I don't care about the transfer fee. Bring him in. Seriously, bring him <laughs> in. I mean, there's no doubt about it, Josh, that that fee would set yeah. us back heavily. Mm. We just hope the case that, you know, bringing him in doesn't mean it's going to hinder other transfers. Because, you know, whilst that 
that number eight, number ten, that central midfield area is so pivotal to Tottenham. We can't get away from the fact that defensively we just simply wasn't good enough last season. So it's no. not just the only area we need to address this summer, is it? Agreed. Um, I think if we are able to bring him in, I think we're able to offload players such as Wanyama and Dyer. Mm. And we've also got the deadwood of Nkudu and Yantam, which we could probably get 20 mil for. So if we can... Being gener- sort of- if you're being generous there, you can find 20 million for him. 20 quid maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got to hope. But um, if we can offload them alongside Wanyama and Dyer and possibly a couple of others, mm. you know, we can get money for a right back and maybe another... Defender, I'm not sure, but I think Ndombele plays in that defensive role as well. So I think he'll add that extra bit of support where perhaps Harry Winks lacks because obviously Harry Winks had a great season. But you know, I compare Ndombele to Harry Winks, you know, obviously I'd rather Ndombele. And to have Ndombele and Sissoko midfield, it's like the dream, isn't it? I, I, I couldn't think of a better partnership because I can just see them complementing each other so well. But I know I'm getting a bit carried away with that from time Josh, how many, how many players do you reckon will come in this summer for Spurs? Honestly, I think two or three. I'd rather two or three than end up spending seven or eight and mm. it's players we've not heard of because actually we need to, we need statement signings now. You know, it's, mm. I think we're, you know, gone are the days and, you know, I remember Danny Rose last year saying stop Googling players <laughs> and that nonsense. But I think we need to start bringing in players that people have heard of. And actually, mm. I think, you know, the Champions League finals definitely helped us with that as well because, I, you know, perhaps we're definitely higher up and, you mm. know, Players of Ndombele's quality will perhaps start to choose us and consider us more than perhaps five years ago. If a really big club, in addition to Spurs, comes in, if another super club like Juve get involved, are you still going to get him? It all it all depends. It depends on what it it depends on the incentives of what Poch is going to offer him, and it depends on his personal preference because he might not be starting every week in Juve because they've just signed Darren Rams and they've got. Um, Pjanic and other amazing players and whereas he would be a guaranteed starter week yeah. in week out for Spurs so I guess it's, it, it, it's all his preference you know you can't there's only so much the club can do it, it, it's down to him you know it's his choice I think playing time is something really important to offer him this year because obviously playing for a really competitive national team in the French team and obviously with the Euros coming he's very up, young as well he's certainly gonna, yeah exactly and so he's certainly going to need game time and, and with Spurs we're certainly going to be able to offer him that so I think that's something that we'll really have to push for in the, in the deal Josh, thanks yeah. ever so much for your call. Lovely to speak to you. Josh there ringing in on 0208 70 20 558. You can do the same. You can WhatsApp us, by the way, on that same number. Coming up, we're still on the transfers. And how about a homegrown one? We're talking, of course, about Ryan Sessegnon. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Ricky Sachs of The Last Word on Spurs and Jamie Brown of the Daily Hotspur. Homegrown players have been a thorn in Tottenham's side for the past couple of years. You need some more and Ryan Sessegnon of Fulham would qualify. Is he the man you need? I think he's, he's certainly a player that it seems as though Pochettino likes. I think certainly it's been clear that Spurs have been looking for looking at him for for a while now. And um, look, I, I think he, he'd certainly be a good option in in that forward line. I think that maybe he, he'd be someone that perhaps would replace Lamella in the squad. He's sort of a, you know both a winger, so maybe you'd bring him in like for that. But um, I think also he can offer you a bit of versatility as well. I think I, I said last week he's a guy that I'd I'd quite like to see playing as a as a as a wing back and. 
and we've seen Pochettino playing uh, five at the back. Um, so that obviously gives you that option to play him there. So as I said, I think that with Sesson Young, you're getting a massive talent um, and, and you're getting a player that, that can offer you different roles. And um, look, he, he is clearly a massive talent. We saw that in the championship. And um, I think maybe he, he's kind of lost his way a bit, but certainly under a manager like Pochettino, um, I'd, I'd really like to see him and, and maybe this would be the chance for him to kick on. Joe, I think, Jane, away, that first season in the Premier League, the fact that he didn't hit the heights, mm. that might do Spurs a benefit because he's had that opportunity now to test what the league is like. He knows you know, where maybe he needs to improve upon. And under Pochettino, he'll just bring his game on. That's mm. what I think. You know, As a manager, Poch, he's liked him for a long time. It seems like the players' preference is to move to Spurs. He seems to have had his heart set on the club for a long, long time. And I think Spurs are in a position because of that where they can take their time over this mm. transfer. They don't mm. need to make it so quickly. I think this mm. one will drag on because at the moment, allegedly, Fulham still want £50 million. Well, There's no way Daniel Levy's going to pay £50 million for him. Well, this, Not a chance. This is the point. Adrian in Edmonton wants to weigh in on Ryan Sessegnon. Adrian, is this deal going to be easy to get over the line? 21s with Phil Foden and Madison. And I think, the fi- I think they've got a great chance of getting to the final in Italy. And the final's on the 20th, so I agree with Ricky. This is not going to be an early signing. You know, if it is, it'll be one that will probably be July, you know. What do you think in terms of, would he, where would you see him coming into the squad? Do you think he'll be competing with Danny Rose for, you know, the left-back spot? Or do you maybe agree with Jay that he'll be playing further forward? What do you reckon, Adrian? I think he'll be playing on the wing, to be honest. Mm. I think there's still life in Rose. Uh, they need to keep Ben Davis as a spare left-footed centre-half as well. Mm. I think... I think Dyer's either got to have a choice of playing at centre-half because when we get two yes. midfielders in, mm. we get a minimum of two. I think Spurs have got at least £150 million to spend without Ericsson going. And if we get in Dombley and pray God we get him, <laughs> there's going to be no room in midfield for Dyer. You know, so he's going to have to go at centre-half. So there are, like, we all try... It always makes fools of me when I try and do permutation and pick Potch's teams, you know what I mean? But uh, he's got loads of options and choices, you know? Are there any other homegrown players that maybe you'd like to see Spurs bring in this summer? If there was one, it would be Aki, because he's left-footed. He's a left-footed centre-back, and we've only got really Vertonghen, unless we've got Davis. So, mm. Nathan Aki, I would like. Uh, Jack Clark of Leeds? He's one that we've been linked with. Uh, it all depends how the other transfer goes. If you're going to pay £20 million for Jack Clark... Mm. Why don't you pay a little bit extra and get another midfielder in like Frank Kessie for, for like 25 mil? Good argument. I think the Spurs at the moment, though, they do seem to be short in that homegrown quota. So yeah, they, there's they that. And, I think also, and also it's about adding, I think that we, we need quality. Mm. There's certainly we need to improve the start in 11, but it's also about adding to the squad. And, and Jack Clark would certainly be one to add to the squad. Adrian, if you could make one signing as Spurs' definite signing for this summer, one realistic signing, if you say Lionel Messi, I'm not going to be impressed, who would you go <laughs> Why for? Why not? We're Champions League finalists, come on. But what you need to discuss as well, we need to get a striker in, so I don't know what your idea is on that, but no, it's got to be in Dumbelli. Yeah. I mean, them games last year where we did fall away, we lost more games than we should have, and it's midfield all the time. We have had wounded midfield players, either, especially when Winks isn't playing. I just love Winks. Mm. But we, we need 
we need to stiffen that midfield. And I think, and and also playing at a full season at that new stadium, that's going to be a boon for us this yeah. year. Absolutely wonderful stuff, Adrian. Thank Cheers, you Adrian. for your call, Adrian. They're getting in touch from Edmonton. If you want to do the same, that number is o two o eight seventy twenty five five eight for all your calls and WhatsApps on Spurs transfer targets. So it's a thumbs up for Ryan Sessegnon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah I would sure. like to see him come here yeah, for not, sure. Not just because he's English. Oh, I think it's a player that seems Pochettino seems to want to work with him. Yeah. The player wants to work with Pochettino. I think, like Jason says a lot on this show, you know, we want to bring players in that Poch wants to work with and players yeah. that are keen to work with him, you know, so vice versa. It seems to make sense, that transfer. Yeah, and and and, and certainly players of that level, that, that's sort of adding to the squad. And, that, and that's exactly what we've needed the whole season. And um, I think it's a, certainly going to be a, a, a relatively... Uh, cheap transfer because he's he's got one year left. So and and certainly with Daniel Levy, I'm sure he will drive the price down somehow. So I th- I think it will be a, a good option. I suspect so. One transfer where Levy hasn't had a lot of luck in driving the price down is for Giovanni Lucelso. Mm. Is he still going to come? How much are you going to have to spend? Well, again, a player there that he looks like a, d- a decent little player. He, again, fits in between that yeah. profile, Jay, of the 8 and the 10. Mm. That player that Spurs want, you know, maybe regardless of Ericsson staying or going, we'll probably touch upon him before the show comes to a close. Mm. I mean, he's played European football. Betis are a club that are trying to squeeze every penny out of Spurs to mm. try and get us to go as high as we can towards that release clause. I just, I mean, it's, I suppose it's a test of how much Spurs want him mm. and also how much Betis, you know, are also willing to part with him because we've already yeah. heard the manager come out and say that he's reaffirmed to the fans that anything happening in terms of the funds for Le Chelsea will be reinvested back into the team. So there's already an acceptance mm. from the manager that he could be on his way, Jay. Yeah, I mean, for me, I find it hard to believe that we're going to go and spend £70 million on, on two different players. Um, but I think one issue maybe with Ericsson is is um, having having that option to push him, and I think that bringing in a player like the Chelsea will will give that motivation to Ericsson, thinking you know I've got to step up now because if I don't, this guy might take my place, and I think that that's going to be important to maybe bring in someone like that to to push Ericsson. We're we're going to come on to Ericsson in a bit more depth, but Jamie, are you saying that the Chelsea is coming in to partner the day? Um, I think that I think he's just coming in as another option. Um, I think, as you said, Ricky, he's a versatile player. It's a guy that, as, as I said, with Sessegnon, I think it'd be important to have a guy that can play a few different roles. Um, and and he's certainly someone that in central midfield that, can, as we said, we can play different roles. And, and maybe Spurs are looking to. Um, I think he he looked as though he was playing like uh, four central midfielders last year, where he had one behind the striker. Um, and then he's got two, just like two number eights, and then and then a holding midfielder. So Lachelso kind of gives you those options to play in d- different positions, and and certainly would help um, improve that formation. I see. I think Johnny's back to your point. I think regardless, Ericsson stays or goes, Lachelso should be a player that they want to mm. sign. You know, hopefully to partner Ericsson. And I think we made the point myself and Jamie when we was outside the studio that. We saw Ali and Eriksson drop so deep last season. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason why we didn't see the best of them. Don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here trying to defend them. I mean, they obviously played a lot of games. At the same time, there was dips in their season. I can't sit there and argue that. But I think when you bring in a player like the Chelsea, if you brought an Ndombele, you know, suddenly I think it just it motivates the team. That's mm. what it does. It also, well, that, you know, it's a statement of intent. Yeah. It, you know, it gives players the opportunity to say, you know, this club want to push on. They want to bring players in that are going to benefit us long term. And Josh made the point about 
bringing in players that we've heard of. I mean, everyone's heard of Undembele. Maybe not so many about the Chelsea. I suppose people that watch La Liga will yeah. know a bit about him. He's played in Europa League football. You know, he seems to have a good calibre. He's a, a compatriot of Maurizio Pochettino. So the good thing about that is you would hopefully think Pochettino's had an eye on him. You would have seen him in the Argentina squad. One fourth has played with him as mm. well. So there's little links in between. We hope one fourth has been a bit of an agent for us on this one. Yeah, I think as well. Also, I think so many players this year, like Delhi and Ericsson, they they did they struggled to rest because Pochettino didn't have the options to the quality and options to to replace them with. And um, I think Lachelso. You speak to people in Spanish football. We nearly made the the Spanish team of the year and um, was fantastic in the Europa League for for Real Betis. And of course, the price they're asking for certainly suggests that he is a top player. So, yeah, absolutely. One position that Spurs do need to sign someone in, which has gone a bit quiet, is up front. We've been hearing about Maxi Gomez of Celta Vigo. That seems to have gone quiet. Not only Mm. has he been linked with West Ham and Birmingham, I've been speaking to various journalists based in Spain who all are now of the opinion he's probably off to Valencia. Are you going to sign a striker and who should it be? Well, you know what? The uh, the deputy to Harry Kane has been the ongoing saga for Spurs for years, probably since Kane broke through. And we had the pleasure Mm. of being joined by Sky Sports journalist Lyle Thomas on our show on Monday. If you guys haven't listened to that show, you've got to go listen to it. It's about all of our transfer targets. So a quick plug on that. That's a great show to listen to. And I think for Spurs, although that second striker position, Johnny, I agree with you, is is a concern because we don't know what's happening with Lorente's future yet. Is he staying? Is he going? I mean, he was released on the uh, the Premier League list mm. that you know Spurs are letting go, but the talks are that they're still in negotiations with a potential to you know keep the player. So mm. I think a lot will depend. If Lorente's going to be here, then you don't need another striker. Mm. If Lorente's not going to be here, then Spurs will need to look at that area, won't they? Is the easiest thing to do just keep Lorente and hope that Kane stays fit? I'm not sure going forward that Lorente is going to repeat the season that he had. I think he was brilliant this year in terms of stepping up, but I don't. I think that that was maybe just a one-off. I can't. I don't. I personally don't see him doing it again. Um, and and uh, anyway, I don't think he'll remain at Spurs. I do think he will be off. Um, but look, there's certainly other areas in the squad that we have to prioritise before getting a, a second striker and. You know, it's very difficult now because we're kind of we've got Harry Kane. For me, he's the best striker in the world. So that means that whoever comes in, they're probably going to be spending a lot of time on the bench. So See, it's yeah. difficult to. And that's the point, Jay. I mean, how many strikers, how many top strikers are going to be willing to come in and mm. know you are going to be second best? You know, mm. Doug, there must be players out there that are of a good quality that back themselves to compete with Harry Kane. But it's also an acceptance of a player that you're coming in and you know mm. you're always going to be at number two. And that's why Spurs, I think, I found it so hard to be able to fill that void. Yeah. You know, we've tried it with um, Janssen, of course. That has failed. You know, Soldado. Soldado, yeah. We talked about the United approach of signing kids. Is that the solution? You find a really, really bright 19-year-old who's mm. not expecting to start every game. You offer him the chance to learn from Kane to play in his absence and you hope that he grows with the team. Well, he just brought in that Keon Tete from yeah. Notts County. I don't think. Do we he... count that one as a signing, Jade? Oh say... no, I, I don't think so. It was only two hundred k. I don't think. I think he'll go straight into the under twenty threes. Yeah. But look, for me, perhaps an option would be to go and sign a forward who who like Sun can play um, in, in in different positions, who can play up front, um, and and can also offer that option of maybe playing as a as a wide forward or something like that. So I think that that's maybe 
the sort of player. I mean, someone like I don't think Zaha is the one that's going to mm. be the player, but someone that can play up front and that can offer you different positions along the forward line. But in that sense, it's, wouldn't Zaha be a perfect signing? He's homegrown. He could play on the wing if Son was out, and he can play at nine. Again, it's, I think it's that price. And if we're yeah. sitting talking about Undebe, and sorry, Undembele, you're talking mm. about the Chelsea, and you're saying Zaha. What's that? It's the best part of 200 million? You've got to be, yeah, exactly. You've got to be sensible. It's certainly not an area, as I said, it's not an area that we no. need to be prioritising no. and spending that sort of money in that area certainly isn't what we need to be doing. So, But if Lorente goes, you do need a striker, yeah, right? Yeah, but I, I mean, I'd say Jay said there, you know, because that area isn't the most essential, you can have Son players a backup. You've yeah. got more that can score goals. You know, there's players in the squad that have yeah. got goals in them. I don't see that second striker being a massive issue mm. unless of course the club don't look to renew Lorente's contract in which then they may look at the, they may look at the youth I don't know yeah. Yeah. we'll have to see no. interesting I just wonder it, is it not the case that Spurs started struggling towards the end of this season partly because they hadn't done enough business is the safer bet not to just get a striker in I mean it would be a safer bet but you're talking again if we're again if we're saying saying here Undumbele, I mean, what's that going to be? 70, 80 million. Le Celso, 50, 60. Mm. I mean, I'm, that's saying Daniel probably Levy. More. Probably more. So that's 140. Mm. And then that's before they look at, you know, defence. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. hasn't he 200 million? Is that money there? We don't know. Mm. Only Daniel and Maurizio know that. Yeah, I think this this build, rebuilding of Spurs, as I, as I said, Tottenham 2.0, I think it's going to take maybe one or two years and... I think it's going to be, have to be the case that we have to prioritise it, um, getting a second striker for maybe another window because I just can't see us signing that, or spending that sort of money. Well, we're talking potential entrances. We're talking potential exits as well. Coming up, Christian Eriksen. Would he look good in a, in a Spurs kit? He looks all right in a Spurs kit. Would he look good in a Real Madrid kit? No. <laughs> this is Love Sport. Christian Eriksen to Real Madrid is a transfer rumour that feels as old as time itself. But has it gone dead in the water? Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that just a week on, it looked as though it was going to be a certainty that he was leaving after his comments um, about seeking a new challenge. But yeah, I mean, amazingly, it kind of has flipped on its head. And um, a lot of the reports are saying that Zidane's kind of uh, looking elsewhere and decided no to this transfer. Um, Yeah, look, I think it's... It's difficult with Christian Eriksen because I've always said um, maybe it's time to move him on. He's you know he's 27. He's got one year left on his contract, and and for me it's about rebuilding Spurs and 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 to bring in these top players. I think that you perhaps have to sacrifice one top player yourself, and 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 for me that that was Christian Eriksen. But look, if we can if we can keep hold of of Eriksen, I think that 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 would be great. Um, I think his stats speak for themselves. I, I feel very sorry for him in terms of. He's had a very tough season, and I think a lot of people have forgotten that. Uh, and uh, or, or you know they'll look at the other players. Deli Ali, he gets a lot of protection. I think he had a poor season, and I think and and I think Harry Kane did as well. Um, but people will only focus on Christian Eriksen. And do you know what? I think these three have had tough seasons because they had a long World Cup. They've then we they've had to so heavily relied upon because we didn't bring any other players in. Um, so there's so many factors that. Um, that, that have um, meant that they've had poor seasons. Um, but I feel very sorry for him in terms of that he kind of, everyone seems to be jumping on his back straight away. Yeah, on Ericsson, I mean, listen, he's a f- wonderful player on his day. And the problem is we didn't see enough on his day last season. But I mean, I said to Jason, I was really disappointed the fact that he did go public to say he wants to leave the club. And now he's in a situation where he's had to come out and backtrack. You know, he said he wants to try something new. 
and he's only quite a couple of days ago now saying no, the focus is on a vacation. I've said what needs to be said. No more bombs this time around. I feel like he thinks he's got, he's gone a bit too far with what he said now. And if Madrid, as we are led to believe, you know they've withdrawn their interest in him, then he's in a very difficult position. And Do you think he's burnt his bridges? No, I don't think he's burnt his bridges. But at the same time, I mean, I don't think it's great, Joe. Don't you think to come out? Mm where he did end the season we're all still hurting and then you find out you know potentially 10 days before the Champions League final he's gone to the board and said look I want to move I just think there's a time a right time I don't think it was the mm. right time to have done it and you know when he says now you know I might look at you know considering a new contract at Tottenham I just think we want to start acting like a big club you know as, mm. a, as a player you know there should be a, a respect level that uh, you probably mm. disagree and I don't think we should be in a position where Ericsson could just now consider to want to stay at Spurs just because he can't get his dream move I think he should respect Tottenham as a football club you know mm. don't get me wrong I know the pathway for him when he came to Spurs was probably to go on to a Barcelona or around Madrid but I mean his comments recently have left a bit of taste in my mouth having said that of course if he stays I'll get behind him he's been a great servant for us I want him to stay I want him to play alongside the Chelsea mm. and Dembele of course but I am disappointed by his comments I I'm I'm I mean I'm usually under the impression every time that a player does come out like that I think with Carl Walker I was right on his back I didn't like him I think with Christian Eriksen I don't see anything too wrong with his comments maybe they were a bit too soon I think we're all still hurting a bit after the final but look he's perfectly I think he's entitled to come and say that I think he's But why does he need to say anything at all even because, if a move is happening why has he got to I say a lot of to press? a lot of the time I think Real Madrid want the players to come out publicly. I think Eden Hazard did that and really pushed for the move. But Eden Hazard's always been a flirt. Yeah, I know, but I just feel as though Ericsson, he's earned his. He's been here for six years. He's been a massive part of building up Spurs into into what we've become today. I think that he's perfectly into. I think he has got the right to come out and and say it. But I don't think he was disrespectful in his comments. He said that I totally have full respect for Spurs. I think that if if they if no one comes in. Then, then I will sign. I'm have more than I think he said. I'm more than happy to sign a new contract, and that's fine. And another thing that I've also as I, I brought up on Twitter is Pochettino's comments before the before the Champions League final. He was saying that um, after the World Cup, players rung him up and say, "If this club comes in for me, I'm leaving." And he said to Daniel Levy, "Look, these players, you go and talk to Daniel Levy about it." But he's told Daniel Levy, "Look, these are the sort of players." that we need to keep at this club because they're the ambitious ones. And that's what Pochettino, our manager, the guy that we all love, is saying that these are the sort of players that we need to be keeping a hold of. We're back on to Love Island because I think <laughs> an, an easy way... And Jamie switched off. <laughs> an, an easy way of understanding how we should feel about these transfers is imagine that a player playing for your football club is your partner, right? Imagine your partner wow. said to you... Spot on. I Listen, know you're saying, I think you're saying if, if no other men or women come in and say, listen, do you want to go out with me? Fine, I'll stay with you, I suppose. But if someone better looking comes along, I'll jump ship. You would be furious and you'd be within your rights to be furious. That's why I'm annoyed about the fact that he sits there and says, you know, you know, if, I, if an opportunity comes up, I want to try something new. That's great. But at the same time, I'm happy to sign with Tottenham. It's like, but you can't, you can't have your cake and also eat it. I think he's also got to respect the fact that he's at a really top football club, that a Champions League finalist that I think now... As you say, Jay, we want to push on Tottenham 2.0, want to go to the next project. Mm. What do the other players feel when they look at him in the dressing room? Are you with us? Are you not with us? You want players that are fully committed. And at the moment, you can't tell me, you know, those are words of a committed player to the football club long term. I think it's tough because this is Real Madrid. And and if you put our loyalties aside, 
then you'll see that this is everyone's dream. Everyone wants to dream of playing for Real Madrid, Barcelona. And certainly that's always been the case with Ericsson. And I feel as though he's, he's, he's within his rights to, to want that move. And as I said, he served us so well. He's had a very difficult season. I think that he's been so heavily relied upon. I think he played 51 games or so. So, so many games uh, that was certainly going to be a drop-off. And I don't buy this thing that he had his head turned and, and his form dipped because of that. I think we saw with Toby Alderweireld when um, there was kind of a dispute over his contract the, the year before. He was straight out of the team by Pochettino and I think that that was the case with Ericsson. I, don't, I think Eric, Pochettino wouldn't have had that if Ericsson maybe had, had, had his head turned. But John, also about Toby is that Okay, we, I think we all probably still anticipate he's going to move on, even though at the moment he's been a great PR stunt. But Toby's not come out of anything like that, has he? Let's be honest. He's been very respectful so far. He's said all the right things on international duty. He probably has been looking to angle for a move for a while. Mm. He hasn't come out like that. I just think, only for me, it's my personal opinion, I think it's a time and a place for comments. I don't, don't think it was right at the moment. There's a broader point here as well, before we get too excited about Ericsson, which is, is he good enough? Is he good enough for Real Madrid for Barcelona? Yeah, I've I feel so so I do feel sorry for I think that there was so heavily as I said, he was so heavily relied upon and I do think that that towards the end of the season his drop off was due to fatigue. Um since he started, since he joined us, he's had the most assists in the Premier League. So that just shows you the quality of this guy. Um yeah, I th- I do believe he is good enough and I've always said he would only not move to a club like that because of circumstances. I think if you look at the amount of money that Real Madrid have already spent this summer, they, they're they not going to be able to spend too much more and, and spending £100 million on Ericsson perhaps at this moment in time is not feasible. Um, Barcelona is probably the other club that he wants to move to. Um, and that they're just not, that I don't think they're in a position with, with the likes of Coutinho and, and the other players that they have to go and... They don't need to go and spend that sort of money. So I've always said it's about circumstances and and if they did need him, then I think that they'd, he'd certainly be a player that they'd move for. And yes, I do think he is good enough for them. Again, Ericsson, you know, he has he's had a he had a weird season. And what I will say to Jay, I think he's spot on that. You know, he had played a lot of football. Don't get me wrong, he wasn't always playing also in his preferred position. I think mm, he was yes, playing okay. slightly more back and he wasn't playing in that attacking third, which I think obviously he more than favours. That's where he does his damage. But at the same time, is he consistent enough to be in a Real Madrid team? And on the back of last season, you'd have to say no, he wasn't. Mm. Would he get, you know, would he get in the team? Maybe, maybe get in the team, mm. but to start every week yeah. at a uh, top top level, I'd question that. But equally, there were moments at the end of last season where Spurs needed a top player to step up, and he did. Think about Brighton, yeah, where exactly. no one exactly. was breaking them down. He pulls out an extraordinary bit of quality, and you win the game. That's what the top players do. Hmm. And and how many he has done that so many times in the past, and I think it's very difficult to judge him. You know why aren't we judging Deli Ali off one poor season? I think no, it's, it's, it's very harsh to to just jump on the back of Christian Eriksen just because he's been linked with a move away. I think that he's gone about it pretty respectfully. He hasn't come out and said too much, and I think that he did it at the right time. The season is over. Um, you know he, he's then got Eden Hazard moving, so that he's got to put pressure on on, yeah. on Remigid to come after him. Listen, so. if he goes, I will say this: he's been a wonderful servant to the football club. He stood by us in a tough time when hmm. you know. Pochettino and the, and the transition with Sherwood, you know, at the time, I don't think any of us could have played for Sherwood. So to stuck with us then was a big thing, and I wish him well. But hopefully he's going to be here. He's going to play alongside Luchelso. He's going to play alongside Undumbele. Are <laughs> we going to win the league? He's going to play alongside Lionel Messi as yes. well, of course. Gents, I need one word answers from you. Christian Eriksen, is he staying? Don't know. 
I'm going to say <laughs> Two yes. words and not an answer. We've got yes. Yes. What do you reckon? Undecided. Undecided. <laughs> All right. It's one word. Tell you what, if it is Ericsson and Dombele and Lo in the Spurs team next season, that would be some midfield. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network.